We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome to the Esports Biz Show. I'm your host, Justin Jacobson. This week we'll be discussing esports shoutcasters and hosts. Just as a disclaimer, nothing here is intended as legal advice. It's all the information for educational purposes only. This week's guest is Taylor Yates. Taylor, known as SPG or Somebody's Gun, is a Fortnite content creator, caster, and analyst, including previously working with the Fortnite Championship Series. He also hosts the podcast, The FN Story, which explores Fortnite, its players, and its competitive scene. Thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. My pleasure. So to start, tell us about your past esports and gaming experience. What was the first game you played and how'd you get involved in the esports and gaming world? Oh, man. All right. So that's a a loaded question. I'm pretty sure the first game I ever played was Pokemon on the game uh, Game Boy. I think that's the first one I've ever actually played. Red or blue? Um, I was definitely a blue guy. Okay, me too. You're you're dating me there, asking which one was the first. Well, that's how one we know we put you on the timeline. If you're like, oh no, I didn't have red or blue, then we know you're a little younger. <laughs> yeah, it was like a sapphire. Nah, blue was definitely the first one. Um, and then I always enjoyed playing video games. I mean, Sly Cooper, Ratchet and Clank, those are some of the the ones growing up that I really appreciated, as well as um, Battlefront or yeah, Battlefront Front One and Two for Star Wars were kind of like the first jump in to shooters for me and then i didn't really get into like competitive gaming or even you know any kind of esport knowledge until i got into call of duty 4 and halo 3 where like the first two played a lot of game battles for call of duty and that like gave me the itch um and i played a ton of cod through basically black ops 2 And then at that point, I got into college, took a break from really any gaming. And there was just like no video games other than the occasional, um, you know, we'd play FIFA or Smash Bros. Played a lot of Clash Clans in college because you could do that on your phone in class. And then I got out of school, was looking for something to do. And someone threw me on to play in Fortnite and I played a ton of Fortnite. eventually i was like all right this is a really good game like let me try and do something with this um i found a job posting for this website called dailyesports.gg to cover Fortnite. they were looking for a Fortnite writer and i was interested i was getting into like the competitive scene 
And so then I started doing that. It was like very little pay, but it was worth it for me because it was my first like taste of working in esports. Granted, it wasn't, you know, I was doing however much work I wanted to and wasn't really worth my time. But at that point, I was already working a job. It wasn't about the money for me. It was more just, you know, let me get in this industry. Let me figure this out. So I did that. I saved up till I got about $1,200 and finally bought myself a PC because I was doing everything on a laptop that my work gave me or that I bought for work, actually. Um, and then eventually I started making my own like video content. Well, f- actually, let me back up. First, it started being like long form written content on the Fortnite competitive subreddit. And that was before it turned into the like chaos that it is now of like not Fortnite competitive content. But back then, you know, there's a lot of good people on there and I do full write ups based on like, here's what happened in this game or like this scenario and different things. So then, you know, I got further and further. One of my buddies was pushing me to make video content. I first did that on my PlayStation. It's terrible. It's still up on my YouTube channel. It's one of my first videos. If anyone wants to go watch that, please don't. But it is there. And then, you know, from there, it only got better once I finally got onto a PC, started to understand how to edit things and do different stuff like that. And then eventually someone reached out to me to commentate on a community event. And that was my first event, and things have been rolling downhill from there. So that was a lot. If you want to double-click on any of that, you know, I'm happy to go a little deeper into it. Amazing. Well, you know, I think that your story and how you got into it is, you know, one of these that everyone should take note of where it's like you saw something you're interested in and you had this other job going, but you knew you wanted to explore this area and you found you know, whatever angle you could, whether it was, you know, working for a publication for whatever they were willing to pay or, you know, writing your own reports and putting it out on Reddit just because. And as a result, you know, doing these things, putting yourself in these positions, it put you in the opportunity to then, you know, have this opportunity and go from there. So how'd you first get into the commentating and casting? You know, I know you started with this initial one and where to kind of go from there. Yeah. So I'll go down that, that full road. Um, Someone reached out to me via comments on one of my YouTube uh, videos. They're like, hey, you know, we're doing a community again event. It was like blood gang, wolf blood, something like that. Something along like wolves and blood, some community that was doing like a little tournament and they were looking for somebody. And I had never even thought about this at the time. And that was probably two and a half years ago, three years ago at this point. And I'm just like, yeah, you know, I want to be a YouTuber. I want to be a streamer. I'll keep writing. That is how I'm going to, you know, make it in this industry. And then I commentated on that one. Then they asked me to do another one. I did that. And shortly after, I started receiving requests for actual paid events. So like the first two were not paid. I didn't even ask or a note ask for money at that point. And so then I think it was like Toronto Fortnite uh, esports arena was doing Fortnite events back then. And all of this kind of just, you know, kept going. I think I did another one with a, a similar size company as those two. And then eventually DreamHack reached out to me and they're like, hey, you know, we've seen you've been doing this. We're doing our monthly online tournaments. We'd love for you to be a part of this. 
And at that point, I'm like, heck yeah, that was the first real opportunity. And then I, I realized. Okay, so what was this- that like? You know, what was that like when DreamHack reached out to you and you're like, you know, given this opportunity, as we know, that that's one of the more premier stages out there. So it was in the midst of COVID, right? That was 20, the summer of 2020 or like the end of the summer. So September, I think October 2020 was my first DreamHack event. So almost exactly two years ago. And, you know, I was just doing my own thing, kind of doing some small events. Again, I was working at the time and I was thrilled. Like there was nothing better to me than, oh my good, like, I just got this big event. This was something I was striving for. It was a goal of mine. And it actually, it came in front of me. And I I don't know this for a fact, um, but I want to say at the time, Bala TW pushed my name to the right people and as well as Sundown. Now, I don't know this 100% for a fact, but during the summer, Bala reached out. thank you if you did. Shout out to them. Big shout out. Um, but during the summer, I know Baller reached out to me of like, hey, you know, are you interested in doing events? Like, what's the best way for people to reach out to you? And then, you know, nothing really happened for a month. And then that next month, I wound up getting DreamHack. So, again, never told me this for a fact, but I, I want to say thank you just in case it, it did come that way. Um, so, yeah, that was like the biggest opportunity that I've gotten in this space for a while. And it really was amazing to be able to do that because that was the time I started to work with people that I looked up to like Shios, uh, Shio Wager, Sancho West, Monster Deface. And these were all people that I saw as like idols. And now I'm getting to work side by side with them. And then you get to see, okay, they're not just showing up for this. They're preparing for these events. There's more to commentating video games than simply just showing up being ready. And that was when I, I first probably a couple months into DreamHack because I did it for about a year, I realized, okay, like there is more to this than simply just talking about video games. Um, and that was a whole whole nother realization later on. Amazing. So yeah, we'll touch on that in a little bit. But tell us a little bit about your work as a Fortnite caster and analyst. What's so unique about casting Fortnite? What's you know your favorite part about the competitive scene and how the gameplay unfolds? So I'll do I'll answer that backwards. The, my favorite part is that it is so complex and there's so much going on that it takes a ton of effort to understand how the game works at more than just a basic level because everyone understands okay, last person alive wins the game, but then there's all this technique, the strategy, there all these little things that the players are doing that I find so intriguing and I've tried so many times to get involved in another game or get interested, I should even say in another game. And it just doesn't scratch that itch like Fortnite does to me. And I don't, I don't know how to properly describe it, but I think it's just the complexity of it. I'm also a big football fan. So if like you watch football for the first time, you could understand from a basic level what's going on. But then if you break it down by like, here's what the offensive line is doing and here's why their first step matters after the snap. And then, you know, all the different techniques just going in from a lines lineman's perspective, you see that same thing within Fortnite, And it's so cool to get deeper and deeper into the game. And that's a lot of what my content's been um, on YouTube and basically what I care about. 
So that's backwards now going into like being a caster and analyst. That's where my love came from. And being able to express that now as a job is a dream. Like I simply cannot ask for a better position to do this than just to talk about something that I love on a regular basis. And then people actually care. And it's so weird that, you know, I'm talking about a what looks like a children's video game and a lot of the people are younger. So yeah, it is kind of a kid's game, but there's also a lot of adults that I know that enjoy the game. And I'm just lucky enough to be able to to speak about it. Hopefully do it justice. I try and do as much homework as I can to speak intelligently about things. And it's an awesome opportunity. And realistically, when they're playing for six figures or millions of dollars, as some of them are, it's not a kid's game. That's for sure. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's wild. Um, the money's definitely come a little back down to earth, but it is um, is still quite a quite a prize pool for most events. So is there anything unique that you learned while you were casting Fortnite that maybe you didn't notice or understand, you know, before you actually kind of really start to get in the weeds with it? Uh, do you mean from like a, a playing or even just a commentating? Was anything like kind of we were surprised by as you started to commentate on these different events? So I think one thing that really hit me was you need to critique and watch yourself over again. And this isn't something that I was, I mean, maybe I was told earlier on, but at the same time, I didn't do it until I got to work with some of like the bigger people who do it on a regular basis. And what I mean by that is, you know, after an event or the day after, go back and watch yourself to see, okay, you keep saying this word or, or you keep doing this thing at this moment, like try and then write some notes down for different ways to say certain things or other ways to portray things. And one other piece that I had a lot of trouble with was some voice inflection. You know, I, I used to sound very monotone and everything was basically at the same level. And I talk like this for, you know, three straight hours and who the heck wants to listen to that? So those were two of the big things is understanding how to use your voice and then also enhancing my vocabulary and my on-camera presence by watching myself back and then picking out certain things to improve upon on the next broadcast. Those were some of the big things that I learned quickly, um, although I'm still trying to get better at them. I'm not going to say I'm perfect that, you know, some of the the best people that I, I still look up to, even though I consider them friends now, um, they do to help get themselves to that level. Absolutely. I think that's one of the really important things that, you know, as you go up the ladder, practicing and perfecting your craft, that you can always do something crisper or cleaner, it could sound better. You, like you said, different verbiage, different enunciations, really kind of bringing the crowd up to a really high point and then just exploding. Yeah, no doubt. And one of the other things I want to give a shout out to, to Shia Wagers. He told me one time I was you know just hopping in a call with him talking about casting and stuff. And he goes, dude, everyone can see what's happening on the screen. You are providing more than that. Don't just read what's on the screen. Build a story, build a narrative, talk more about the game than just simple actions. If you're ever just reading someone's loadout, you're reading their materials, you're not doing 
the viewer justice because they can already see that. So it's a big piece to understand. You need to provide more value than simply just talking about what's on the screen. And I think that varies from esport to esport as to like how much you should do that, because there are definitely moments where you kind of need to call the action. But at the same time, Fortnite is such a vast game that you can always kind of talk about things and build them up without, you know, narrating movement by movement of what's happening in front of you. Absolutely. So tell us a little about the FN Story podcast. What is it and why did you kind of start it? So the FN Story is me just talking to people pretty similar to this about who they are, what they do, what's going on in Fortnite. And I don't really have a, a great reason other than I, I just like to talk to people who have similar interests. And I figured, you know, if I could do this, help provide people a platform to share who they are, what they do. That would be awesome. I really enjoy it for that perspective because I always I, I love talking to people and learning about what goes on. It's weird, honestly, being on this right now because I normally kind of sit back and let the other person speak and just listen. Um, so, yeah, it's the FN Story podcast. It's exactly what it is. The story of people within Fortnite. And, you know, we've been doing it for I think we're about 30 episodes in. And we have anybody from coaches to heads of um, management for esports organizations to players. Um, we have some creative people on there that do video editing and kind of the behind the scenes work. And obviously, I've got my casting buddies coming on and talking about stuff. Uh, it's been an awesome experience. And, you know, I, I really hope to keep being able to talk to some cool people. Amazing. So everyone make sure to go check that out. I know he's got some great past guests. So what do you like most about casting and commentating? Uh, just that I, I like talking about the game and it's something that I would do on a regular basis. So even if I wasn't being hired for an event, like say for the F FNCS Invitational coming up in Raleigh, like I'm not working that I'm still going and I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to talk to people about it there. So it's amazing to be able to be paid to do something that you would do anyway. And that's really how I feel about it is I'd be talking about the game. I'd be watching. I'd be enjoying it. So now I just get to go out there and do that with a, a wider audience. It's one of the most fulfilling things that I think I've ever done and hopefully get to to continue to do some more. Right. It's like if you get to do something that you enjoy that you would do anyway and get paid to do it, it just makes it even better. Dude, I mean, I was I was working a job that I did not like. And that's kind of what made me apply for the writing job at first is I wasn't feeling fulfilled. I was kind of just doing my job and not necessarily enjoying it. Went about two more years of doing jobs that were hit or miss. You know, some I had a great boss, so I enjoyed that job for six months but got laid off from covid so kind of made it easier to go all in and do this um and having that experience working in the corporate world for four or five years and then being able to come into this job giving some air quotes right now because it, it still doesn't feel like a job some days it does but for the most part it doesn't feel like it um 
it's incredible. I, I'm incredibly blessed to be able to do this kind of stuff and even just sit down, have the opportunity to talk to you and share more about my, my job. Awesome. So what's the hardest part of your job? Um, I think for me, it's the off days. Um, when you're working, it's very easy. There's clear goals. There's ambition. There's things to do. And I haven't really worked a ton over the past month or two. And some of that's been poor coincidence because, you know, there's been opportunities that have been lent to me. But like last weekend, I was at my buddy's uh, wedding. So I guess that's also another tough part is typically a lot of the events happen on weekends or weeknights when 95% of people are free and trying to do things. So like my wife and my friends are all always trying to do things on free weekends or, you know, have a beer, have dinner with my wife after work when she gets home. So that is very tough to try and balance work with your social life and your family life. And then the other piece is, you know, when you're not doing things, what do you do with your time? And I wish I had a great answer for it. I mean, right now I'm doing daily VODs where I w- I'm watching every team from the FNCS Invitational to talk about, okay, here's this team. There's 50 of them. I think I'm 26 after this podcast. I'm going to go do two more. We're running out of time. But just trying to fill your time with things that are are meaningful, uh, that's difficult to to figure out what that is. And I don't really know what that is. I think that uh, that gets to me sometimes. I mean, I think that's an amazing point. And, you know, someone who's, you know, as an entrepreneur kind of doing your own stuff, you're not always going to see like, oh, I have a gig or I got a contract. Or like there's not always going to be these easily obtainable, you know, milestones where it's like, okay, I, you know, I'm doing podcasts, I'm writing articles, I'm doing interviews, I'm, you know, making VODs and putting it out there. And while essentially I'm not necessarily making X dollars to make the, the VOD or to do the interview, the the process of doing it, of promoting it, of putting it out there and connecting has some value and it brings you forward and it gives you some direction. And, you know, I think that as creators who are trying to kind of, you know, sometimes the sound of silence gets to you where it's like, I don't know what to do because nothing's happening. But, you know, the opportunity to just do things that move you forward is, you know, the ultimate goal. And to be honest, it's scary sometimes. Like right now, there's nothing announced beyond the FNCS Invitational. Well, sorry, there's the FNCS Invitational and then there's DreamHack the next two weeks. And after that, there's literally zero to look forward to. And I know they're going to announce something at the FNCS Invitational. I don't know what it is, but it's scary when you don't know what is going to be next for you. And that is something that I think I'm pretty good at dealing with. I've worked in sales, so I've been pretty much trained to not worry about the things you can't control and just work on what you can do. But at the same time, I mean, I'm, I'm still human. It's still like, bro, you're not making any money in the near future. What's going on? You got a house, you got a wife, you know, I'm trying to have kids sometime soon. So all these things start popping into your mind and it really becomes scary and you start to question what's going on. And there are great times like this summer was crazy. I I was in 
three different countries. I went and did a bunch of events. And then now it's like, oh, you know, things aren't winding up. I, I got weddings when I'm being asked to do events. And then um, I'm going to see my wife's family when I'm doing another. It, I don't know. It's just it's all, a little all over the place. And I'm still trying to navigate this. I mean, this is only now year kind of like one and a half of doing this full time. So by all means, I don't know the answers to a lot of these questions and just kind of figuring it out as I go. That's how most of this is. There's no clear path from A to B to C. It's really you go this way, then maybe turn around, you spin this way, you hop step this way, and eventually, you know, you just keep moving forward. And I think that's one of the biggest things that, you know, everyone out there has to kind of take to hold. So what's their most memorable professional highlight today? What is something that you just kind of look back on? You're like, wow, that was awesome. Oh, man. Can I cheat and give you three different answers? Definitely. It's your show, my friend. <laughs> All right. Um, so the first big one was making it on to like the official FNCS broadcast, getting to go to Denmark, getting to meet everyone, and just getting to work within that environment on a regular basis for pretty much a month. You know, going into work, into a studio, getting to hang out with your pretty much living with the people you're working with because we're all in a single hotel and everyone's right next door. So you're just in that environment. And for the first time in my life, like I said, I had previous jobs, but this job was the first one where I felt like everyone wanted to be there and not only wanted to be there, but they wanted to get better every single day. And to have that opportunity to work with a group of people like that is special. And I don't know that everyone, even I'll get an opportunity to do that once again. So I really appreciated that moment. Yes, the stage was cool and you know all that stuff. But more than anything, getting to work with an, an amazing group of people that are driven, focused, and diving into the task at mind was unbelievable and I'll, I'll never forget that so that's number one number two would be uh getting to go to saudi arabia for the gamers aid event and working that like the first big land Fortnite event in pretty much since the world cup and working that with panda similar thing you know you're working with a ton of great people um it's a little different experience because all the players were there. So that was the first time where you get engrossed in like the professional community, or at least for me, that was the first time. So getting to speak to them, pick their minds of like, Oh, you know, how do you feel about this thing in the game? Or what about this player, that person, how's your duo working out? All that was so much more than I've ever gotten to experience. Like that's why I, I, I had to say at least these two, because very different experiences getting to commentate of an in-person event was so cool getting to meet everyone. And I, I think that's the common theme is just like the people of every event. And then the third one was XP league is like a recreational esports and gaming event uh, for kids. So uh, I forget, I think it's eight to 15 or something like that. They do kind of like, pure competitive gaming but you know like rec sports yeah exactly recreational esports yeah um and i got to host and then also commentate the Fortnite 
uh, stuff for them. And they did a, a big event down in Miami. There's, you know, a few hundred people there and I think like 180 kids or something, maybe 200, but they did five different games and I, I was the MC, the host for the entire event. That was so cool and such an unforgettable experience because it would have never been a thing when I was a kid. There's no shot that would ever happen. Um, and, and I played sports growing up. I got to participate in those kind of tournaments, but on the sports side, but now you're seeing the gaming side of it and you get to see parents sitting behind their kids, like cheering them on when they score a goal in rocket league or trying to figure out what the heck's going on in overwatch. And then just experiencing experiencing that entire moment and weekend to see how supportive and ambitious so the parents were supportive the kids were ambitious because they clearly wanted to win but they're all just there having fun with their friends and then you have the parents who some of them get what's going on some of them are like i'm just here because i'm supporting my kid uh that was so cool and you know those were top three highlights for me that all actually happened this summer so this summer was by far the best experience i've had in gaming all for similar but different reasons. So like the people, but also very different perspectives on the people. Amazing. Well, they all sound really interesting. And I'm sure going to Saudi Arabia for esports was definitely a, a whole conversation of itself. So what tips do you have for aspiring casters or you know any people that are trying to kind of get involved in the world professionally? Um, I, I think the big one would be to one, get reps in, whether it be by yourself, just recording it and then watching it back or, you know, throw on a stream, try and cast to whoever your audience is and enjoy that. And it doesn't necessarily matter what game you're doing. What you need is reps because there's nothing that will get you better unless you're doing reps. And, you know, even just making YouTube content, learning how to use voice inflection and change things within your voice and point out certain things, describe pieces. That is a huge one. Um, and then again, watching yourself back when you do have events, learn from your mistakes, try and improve. There's a lot of people that won't take the time to do that. And if you do, that will set you apart from everyone else because you will show improvement. People will see that. They will recognize that and appreciate you for the improvements you've made. Uh, and then the, the last one, as much as it, it may suck, your job is not just to commentate. Um, it's to be a content creator. It's to be a social media influencer. It's to be someone engulfed in whatever you're doing. And not everyone does this, but I mean, you look at the most successful esports commentators in the scene. I mean, they're all massive media presences. So to pretend that you don't have to do that, I think, is harmful to your career. And whether or not you like it, I'm not always a huge fan of it, but I understand it's necessary. You got to do it. 100%. I think those last two points that you really bring up are really important to hammer home where 
people will expect that you're trying to get better, that you're taking the time, the effort to increase your craft, to get better what you do, to find your mistakes. And that will just show the professional nature that you want to apply to this. And ultimately, in this gaming world, where let's be honest, there's a lot of people that really aren't that professional, from CEOs of esports teams to players to coaches to you know everyone in between. But to show this professionalism, to spend your time non-compensated to get better means something. Yeah, definitely. And to touch on one piece that you said is it also helps to go get a, a different job, to learn how to be a professional, to learn how to professionally communicate via email on phone calls. That is one thing within esports that is severely lacking. And if you can write a proper email, you can send someone a message that doesn't just be like, yo, uh, I need to work your event. What's up, dude? Like, If someone has experience within the corporate space and it doesn't necessarily need to be corporate, it could just be you know, any kind of job that teaches you basic professionalism. Like- yeah, there you go. So, so I yeah. kind of bring this towards the... F- you know, the end, what does the future hold for you in your career? Where are you going from here? Um, as I said before, I don't know. It's kind of scary. Um, luckily, I got a great friend. Uh, Life with Panda just moved down to near me here in North Carolina. Um, him and I are going to be working on some stuff. I'm not exactly sure where that's going to lead. But, you know, you got someone that's also driven He's one of the nicest people I've ever met, so that's also a huge bonus. But coming together, figuring things out as a team, I think is going to be huge. And you know, hopefully, a lot more casting, a lot more stuff going on. I'm going to the FNCS Invitational. I'll be headed to DreamHack Atlanta. So in the near future, those are things that I'm doing. Um, other than that, I ain't got too much going on. Obviously, keeping up content on YouTube and trying to do some more FN story podcasts. That's, that's the goal. Amazing. Well, everyone definitely be on the lookout for all that kind of stuff. So I try to end each episode with my three questions. So what's your favorite game to watch? I think I know this answer, but we'll, <laughs> we'll see. Uh, it's by far Fortnite. Fortnite and football are like my two loves in life. Okay. And the two F's not bad. I'm, I'm down with it. So what's your favorite game to play? Uh, it's still definitely Fortnite. I've tried other ones, and they, like I said, they just don't have that itch for me. Okay, fair enough. So who's your favorite video game character? Video game character? Oh, I don't Mario, really know. Mario, Luigi, Pikachu, you know. Oh, Captain Falcon. I, I've been uh, on a Super Smash Melee binge and definitely been a big fan of uh, Captain Falcon and the Knees of Justice. So that's, that's probably the one I got to go with. Okay, awesome. Well, that's great. Um, So thank you so much for joining us. This was extremely insightful. So tell everybody where they can connect with you. All right. Uh, Well, first of all, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Uh, You run a nice tight ship here and very easy chatting with you. So thank you for that. If you guys want to find me, I'm most active on Twitter at somebody's gun. Uh, Also go by SBG, but at somebody's gun on Twitter. And then I also have YouTube, same thing, Somebody's Gun, or the FN Story is available pretty much anywhere, Spotify, Apple, Google, that's on YouTube as well. So 
if you want to anything i i said piques your interest go ahead tune in and uh thanks again for having me man my pleasure and you know thanks everybody again for tuning in and make sure to check out some of his content especially if you're into the Fortnite world and make sure to follow me on twitter justin j esq and check apple Podcasts for all our past episodes whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.